I'd like to uh, thank Jordan and Allie for being willing to let me rope them into doing this. Uh, I'd also like to take a moment and thank Vaughn. Something that I realized being down at College of the Ozarks is not every student was as blessed as I was to have a pastor like Vaughn. In one of my biblical studies classes, we were sitting there learning about the Old Testament, and the pastor asked them if their pastors in their home churches preached out of the Old Testament. My hand shot up, two other hands shot up, and a class full of 30 Christian students. And that astounded me because... Vaughn preaches out of the Old Testament all the time. Uh, he preaches full Bible, not just New Testament, and so that is something that I think uh, I took for granted. And I'd just like to thank Vaughn for being one of those preachers who uses all of this book and not just the second half of it. And so thank you, Vaughn. Uh, whenever we had the conversation uh, and he asked me to preach, he said that I could do any topic that I wanted. And I was pretty excited because, I mean, it was a big book. And then I realized that there wasn't enough scriptural evidence for me to prove that penguins are the cutest animal that exists. Uh, so I couldn't actually do any topic that I wanted. Because uh, when Vaughn said that, there were some unexpected uh, parameters and some expectations that were unspoken. Uh, he wasn't saying that I could come out up here and preach out of the Book of Mormon or the Torah he wanted me to preach out of the Bible, but he didn't have to say it. He expected me to know that. And so uh, after careful consideration, I reached the topic that I was going to preach. Uh, God laid it on my heart to talk to you guys about how every Christian is called to be a priest. And I'm sure that most of you have probably heard a sermon about this or heard somebody talk about this, but I'm going to reiterate it anyway because the human brain learns better through reiteration. So this is a good for all of us to hear it again. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. I think it will be on the screen at some point. Uh, As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become a cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rack of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Alrighty. So... One of my favorite things about this passage is that uh, it parallels the Old Testament. Uh, Peter is talking to Christians, newer believers here, but these words are eerily similar to what God told Moses to tell the Israelites when they had left Egypt. Uh, he uses specifically a holy priesthood and a holy nation. 
And so if we flip back to Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6, God says to Moses, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. And so it is expected that God's people, no matter what era or what time, are priests. Martin Luther uh, has a quote that I really like that says, The priest is not made. He must be born a priest. He must inherit his office. I refer to the new birth, the birth of the water and the spirit. Thus all Christians become priests, children of God, and co-heirs with Christ, the Most High Priest. You see, whenever we are baptized, there is an unspoken expectation from God that we are to be priests. Every last one of us, not just Vaughn, me, the pastors that are ordained, Every Christian that is baptized is baptized into ministry. This is actually a doctrinal point that Martin Luther wrestled with among the Catholic Church. It's called the priesthood of all believers. You see, all believers, he believed, were called to do at least four things. Minister, praise, preach, and guide. We must minister to the hurting and broken. That means everyone, guys. Uh, We must praise the Lord of all creation. And we do that first and foremost with our lifestyle. We must preach the good news of Christ Jesus to everyone you can. And that comes from doing the first two. And finally, we guide newer believers to a deeper relationship with Christ, while at the same time allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our own lives. You see, this is a pretty quick and short explanation of the duties and responsibilities of a pastor And I'm sure that if you want a more full list, Vaughn could probably whip one up for you. Uh, But the importance of the point that I'm trying to make is that the responsibility of National Heights' growth cannot be expected and solely dependent upon the leadership of Vaughn, Joshua, and Brian. You see, it is all the elders and deacons, the Sunday school teachers, and every member that sits in a pew. It is their responsibility to grow the congregation, not only in number, but also in faith. I mean, for those of you who don't know this, this summer I've been blessed with the ability to work at the Springfield franchise of Two Men in a Truck Moving Company. (laughs) I have learned a lot of things while I've been there, some pretty simple things, like uh, never own a baby grand piano if you plan on moving. Uh, You should probably start packing before the moving truck arrives. Uh, And finally, you can't judge someone by the house that they live in. You see, I've moved a woman out of a ratty apartment who talked to me and my partner, who is also a Christian. We talked about missions for the five hours that we moved her. All we talked about was Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in our lives, and it was amazing. And she tipped us probably more than she could afford to. And I would not have judged her by the house that she lived in, and I'm glad I did not. But at the same time, one of the nicest homes that I moved had one of the nicest women in it, besides my wife. Uh, And so 
Long story short, good people and bad people can hide in any kind of house. I bring this up because we as a church are renovating our building. You see, we are renovating the house that God resides in. And while we've been renovating, I've been praying that God would work in National Heights. But more importantly, I've been praying that God will work inside the hearts of the National Heights congregation. At the end of the day, a building is just a building. It's the people inside that make it worth going into. People may see the building that we are building here, and they might want to know what it's all about. They might come and be curious about National Heights. But you all, the people inside this building, will be the reason that they come back. Growing up in this church, I have seen a lot of faces, many faces that used to be here every week, are no longer here. Some have gone home to be with our Father in Heaven, and some have felt God calling them to other places besides here. And both of these things are positive things, and they're things outside of our control. And newer faces have become more welcome and accepted. And they have chosen to reside here every Sunday or Wednesday. You see, change happens. And hopefully, this change that we are renovating brings in more new faces. But I want to push you guys. What is something that you could start doing in your life that would start bringing new faces to National Heights? I know that Vaughn started this past year a thing where every Sunday he tells us one new way, one new thing. And a lot of it involves one new way that we could invite somebody to National Heights. And so, going back to First Peter, we are living stones being built up as a spiritual house. So why don't we take some time before the building is finished and we renovate ourselves as a congregation? Why don't we pray that we might become more priest-like, that National Heights may be a holy nation of God's people? In a little bit, Jordan is going to come up here and lead us in a closing chorus, and Vaughn is going to do the official dismissal of everyone. But honestly, guys, that's where the renovating begins. You see, it's what you do when you leave this place that really matters. So what can you do when you leave this place that helps you become more like the high priest, Jesus Christ? And if you can't think of something, that's okay, because Vaughn and I are here, and I'm sure that if we put our hands together, that God will tell us something. And maybe you don't want to walk up here tonight in front of everybody, which is fine. Uh, Vaughn checks his emails every day, and he has a new office down there, that hallway, not this one anymore. And finally, if you get really busy during the week, you can't talk to Vaughn, you can't catch me, it's fine, because you can hit your knees anywhere at any time and talk to the God that created you, and I'm sure that he will have an answer for you. And so I just uh, would like to ask Jordan to come up and lead us out of here. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Jordan, if you're...